This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Hello and welcome to Ages and Icons. I'm Gina Bucci. I'm Mike Crislago, arts and entertainment editor at Zoomer Magazine and everythingzoomer.com. And uh, we kind of have a, a special first ever uh, episode here again, Gina. Our first ever Oscars episode. Uh, the Oscars are, of course, this Sunday, March 4th. And so we figured we'd talk a little bit about um, this year's ceremony, ceremonies past. Uh, and we brought in a couple of colleagues from, uh, from the newsroom to help us do it. We sure did. A bunch of uh, hooligans. I just, one of them, Kim, is laughing at me because I hit my head on the mic. Kim, I hit my head on everything. So, I know. I've seen it. Um, okay, all so the time. We've got uh, Kim Ito, our deputy editor at Zoomer and EverythingZoomer.com, and Laura Grande, our digital content editor. Thank you guys for being here. Hey, thanks for having us. We didn't have much of a choice, but we're here. No, you did not. So everybody here is a big movie buff. And right. uh, we wanted to talk about a couple different things, about this year and Oscars past. So should we just jump in? Sure. Uh, well, you know what, Mike? Let's get started with what we're looking forward to this year. This is the 90th, um, the 90th telecast, Mike? The big 9-0. Yeah, yeah. big 9-0. <laughs> Whoa. I got made fun of earlier for saying that. Um, it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a really politically charged Oscars as well, just the, the state. Of, Aren't they always, of, though? They are, but I mean, right. I think especially this year, uh, following the Golden Globes with the Time's Up movement and um, and Me Too and just how everybody wore black. Is and, that what you're looking forward the, to, Mike? Well, that's. I'm just curious how the Oscars are going to handle it. And actually, I wanted to mention it here, too, because um, not to start off on a political note, but oh, um, do. I, was, <laughs> I was reading uh, in the New York Times about how the Oscars producers sort of want to they want to focus on the entertainment and less on the politics, uh, which sounds fair in some ways. But they basically the idea was we, they want to sort of keep it, if you're going to do like a movement sort of thing, like not everybody's going to dress in black. You can wear the Time's Up pin if you want, but they want to make it a little more structured. Well, the entertainment um, itself <clears throat> that's featured this year, some of the big movies like Get Out, for instance, um, and even Shape of Water are inherently political on their own. So I think that that's just going to come out naturally. Uh, we, we certainly want to honor and respect Time's Up and allow the message to be heard, but we're trying to make it more planned uh, than spur of the moment. Um, and uh, it, has to, it doesn't have to feel like it overshadows the artists and the films being honored. This is an ABC executive saying this. ABC is airing the Oscars. And I don't know, when I read that about how... I was a little bit conflicted because it's That's nice to, to focus on. Yeah, but, but it's... it's, it's to ignore. No, it's, the artists aren't going to listen to that. They're going to get up there and say right, what they're going right. to say and do what they're going mean, to say. But I mean, do they have a responsibility to acknowledge this movement and, you know, maybe, you know, make, try not to mute it a little bit. Well, it's going to be in the ho. It's going to be in uh, Jimmy Kimmel's hands. Yeah. As soon as he says a monologue, you can't ignore the, the elephant in the room, right? So it's going to be said on the monologue. It's going to be said in speeches. It's going to be said on the red carpet. So I think what you're really looking forward to is it being over because you were complaining about how long the Oscars actually are. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. This Arts and entertainment <laughs> editor. Mike who complains about the four hours a year Listen, he has to The watch. first Oscars, and I, I had it, uh, it's not, we have a trivia question later. It's not in the trivia, but the first Oscars was 15 minutes long. That's 15 awards in 15 minutes. Uh, that sounds lovely to me. 
Really? Yeah. He says the Earth's I mean, an he, Well, here's yeah, the thing. Exactly. He's a curmudgeon. <laughs> it was no, no. Televised, That's so true. That's true. To, like, and a wider audience. Yeah, yeah. The thing for me is that it it's uh, it's four hours, and you have other award shows like um, like the SAGs, which I know is just focusing on acting, but it gets through it fast, and we get to applaud our favorites and, and move on and get the speeches out of the way. Golden Globes are, are quicker, too. But it's part of the appeal of watching the Oscars, to me, is that you you, you sit in there, and you, you're entrenched for that night. That four hours, you know, you're not getting back. You, you apply yourself with the wine and the snacks. You have your friends. It's a party. And right. I think because it's once a year, it's special for four hours. So, Kim, what are you looking forward to this year? Well, what I always look happens? forward to the fashion and the beauty on the red carpet. You know, I have an interest in that. I love looking at what everyone's wearing. Even though everyone's got a stylist these days, you're not going to see the design-it-myself dresses of the Demi Moors of the past. But it's always exciting to see what the women are going to turn out in. And or the yeah. shares. And the share. shares, oh. yes. But that was a Bob Mackie dress. So, you know, she had a, she had a, it was a beautiful dress. Um, Which one? The one that was barely there? The Moonstruck The one? Moonstruck dress was Bob Mackie. And so, uh, unlike Demi Moore, we all remember with the bicycle shorts, with the skirt she made. Oh, yeah, she yeah. had a friend make that herself, and, you know, it showed. And you miss those moments, is all I'm saying. But... Uh, and if you're going back to circling back to the timeout idea, you know, I don't think you're going to see a parade of black. I could be wrong. No, they're not. The, you know, yeah. I mean, who knows? Women are going to make what are going to do whatever they're going to do. Right. Uh, I'm Can you imagine Cher's dress as a time up uh, statement. <laughs> it was black. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, there she was a lot of black. Yeah. Yeah. She sure does. All right, Laura, what are you looking forward to this Sunday? Um, I'm gonna. My pick's Rachel Morrison. She's the first woman nominated for Best Cinematographer. Uh, she's up for Mudbound, so I'm pulling for the underdog to win. I really hope she gets it this year. I also am hoping for Jordan Peele to become the first black director to ever win in that category. He's up for Get Out. I, I like my historically important moments, so I'm hoping something happens with both of them. Are you hoping that uh, something crazy happens? I, I happen to love that. I love it like when, uh, what was on the 70s where David Nevin was presenting? Oh, the streaker. Uh, streaker streaker. Yeah. That was wonderful, and he, he gave that shortcomings line. Yeah. Saw this yeah. man shortcomings. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that, right? <laughs> that mm -hmm. kind of stuff? Yeah, the stuff that you can't stop talking about. Me too. I love that stuff. Um, I am really looking forward to, and I hope this better happen, because I'm going to raise some H-E double hockey sticks, um, Get Out winning Best Picture. Oh, me too. That would be sweet. Because yeah. not only, um, I've, saw, I've seen the movie again, just to make sure it was a, a brilliant masterpiece that I thought the first time I saw it, knowing very little, and if you haven't seen Get Out, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, do not watch a trailer. I recommend that as well. Just trailers give too much away about this movie. Just jump into it. And... Um, uh, horror films. I'm not a huge horror fan, but the ones that are, are normally nominated for Oscars are brilliant, brilliant movies. The Signs of the Lambs being the last huge winner um, of the genre. And, of course, Rosemary's Baby and... Jaws. Um, sorry? Jaws. Yeah, well, Jaws is more of a thriller, well, I would say. I think I think horror, it's, uh, that's a big debate. It's considered a horror film. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I, cons I consider it a thriller myself, personally, but yeah. uh, no. uh, Rosemary's Baby when I, when I was a kid, I saw Jaws, and I was afraid to go in the pool. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how much of a horror it was. I didn't yeah. want to go in yeah. the swimming pool. So horror films that usually that make it to the Oscars and uh, get this kind of recognition are, are saying much more. They're much more than just scares. Mm. Um, and this film definitely has a, a huge message. It's very current. But um, I just love the idea of a movie that audience loved. Like a, it's, a, it's a big popcorn movie. It's very entertaining. Yeah. And the second time I saw it, I was even more entertained. And uh, because I knew th new things and I, I could appreciate them on a different level. And 
also the production company Bloomhouse Production uh, Productions have made movies like Insidious and The Purge, and uh, so that'd be very interesting to see a production house like that actually come away with Best Picture. But they have been delving into some some more serious things, like um, Whiplash is a Bloomhouse movie, and so is they got um, Oscars for that. So is The Gift, a great Joel Edgerton film from two years ago. That's a great movie as well. So they are starting to get into um, less gory films, but they're still making those because those bring in the cheddar. You know what I mean? Yeah. People go see that. They pay money. But we can talk about Get Out and how what did it cost five million dollars to make, or yeah. something like that, and it made over one hundred and forty-five million over the summer. Yes. So well, it's crazy. it came out actually last year. It yeah. came out um, a re- of, in February of last yeah. year. So yeah. it's just reached its one-year anniversary. And in the States, they started uh, to mark the one-year anniversary. They actually gave free screenings to audiences to come see it again for free, which is a great gift uh, to their fans. So, um, all right, this year's going to be great. Who's the host again, Mike? Yeah, it's Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. The second year in a row. Jimmy was great <clears throat> last year. Jimmy Kimmel's awesome. And, I mean, just... Quickly circling back to what I was saying before about Times Out and um, Times, times out. up. Times Out. Times Out. We both said Times <laughs> Out. I know. I, I know. Have a joke where I say Times Up, like Time Daily. <laughs> She's up. done. Yeah. Uh, I say Times Up. Get out of here, Time. Yeah, you're right. Times Up. It's a Times Up, that damn magazine. Yeah. I know. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, Kim mentioned this earlier too. He's. I mean, if you watch his show, uh, he'll go off on Trump. He'll go off on uh, anything. Polit- you know, it's the the nature of a late night host to address those difficult issues and make light of it. And he's not one to shy away from uh, these sorts of issues. Am Although I the so- only one disappointed though that it's not a woman? Yeah. This year, like everyone's talking years, about right? it. Yeah, I know. Maybe he wants to promote. The Jimmy Kimmel Show, which is a great show. So. And also, let's be honest, by the time um, the ink was dry in his contract before all the scandal broke anyway, so they were going to yeah. fire him and hire somebody yes. else. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they got to deal with those things, too. Well, okay, though, let me ask this then, because uh, when the Oscars So White uh, movement sort of ramped up, Chris Rock was the host, and some people wanted him to boycott mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. being a person of color. Uh, now we have Me Too and Time's Up. Uh and we don't have a woman like so like the person the movement is supporting isn't the host which mm-hmm. is you know so and now we want them to be the host do you know what i mean like i it's think it's like, different how's it i different? think it's different because oscars so white was about the oscars okay right yeah. uh time up and me too is about sexual harassment in the workplace and um okay. and sexual misconduct all lo- is a global issue it's not targeting the oscars no one's saying it all, sexual misconduct only happened at the oscars or it's happened at the right, oscars right. so i think they're two separate okay, things fair enough let's um wrap that up with a bow but a boom boom and uh you know what <laughs> i we don't have segue music so we yeah. just, <laughs> no gina music. just beatboxes a little yeah, bit for us <laughs> time for the next segment <laughs> Let's move on to your favorite moments, guys. I'm really curious. Kim, you're twisted. What's your favorite Oscar telecast moment? You know, in my twisted mind, I have to say it was last year's best picture announcement. It was just just such good television. It was so good. You know, when Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, who actually in private can't stand each other, Mm -hmm. and uh, she uh, grabbed that that little card out there when Warren knew it was a mistake and said, La La Land, it was priceless. That two minutes of TV, and they all got their, you know, everything was crushed. Their hearts were crushed when they had to call Moonlight. And having been a big fan of Moonlight, I was so ecstatic when that film won. It deserved to win. You know, Barry Jenkins getting up there. Uh, so to me, that was better drama than a lot of the what's on TV right now. I won my Oscar pool based on that. Um, when my friend was gloating, Rick, you know who you are. 
uh, when La La Land supposedly had won. Um, I remember, I, you know, everyone's like bummed out. And I remember looking at the stage and at, at, when you started to see the confusion, yeah. I saw it right away with Warren Beatty's face. And I was like, oh, no, no, this isn't over. There's something going on. Yeah. Oh, pulling for please, mistake. Oh, my God, mistake. <laughs> oh, it's a mistake. Yeah. I was holding on to it even before they started calling people on and all that stuff. It was just classic. It is also classic in the way that the Oscars didn't handle it themselves. The poor producer of La La Land had to fix the mistake. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think and those those guys, those guys from the Price Waterhouse, well, they're not going to be there this year. Let's just oh, say no. it that way. <laughs> say it that way. And the Academy Award <laughs> for Best Picture. You're impossible. <laughs> Come on. La La Land. Yeah! I'm sorry. No. There's a mistake. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. Come on, this is not a joke. Come this on. is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is... Warren, what did you do? Wow, this is... This um... is Moonlight, the Best Picture. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Very clearly, very clearly, even in my dreams, this could not be true. But to hell with dreams. I'm done with it, because this is true. Oh, my goodness. That was the best La La Land performance I, I saw all year. Yes. I, I wasn't a fan of the movie. It was so a, yeah, I, it was overrated, yeah. for sure. Oh, I liked La La Land a lot. It was fashionable last year, guys, to trash La La Land. Not anymore, okay? <laughs> yeah. We can leave it alone now. Mike, what's yours? I love the host. I've always been a fan of like late night shows. And so when I see award shows, I always like for me, it, it, the host makes or breaks it. They control the pace. They they control uh, sort of the the tone, and um, a lot of people don't talk about Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin as the hosts. Well, that was a good year. They were mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, yeah. good yeah. year. And uh, I mean, Alec Baldwin hosts SNL all the time, but to do uh, the Oscars with Steve and Steve Martin's one of the, the greats. So that was 2010. And so yeah, when I th- I don't really think about like a specific moment, but I think more about. Um, just different jokes. Like I, there's a there's a piece on everythingzoomer.com <laughs> that I wrote uh, where I just sort of compiled uh, some of my favorite. Don't uh, laugh Oscar at Mike's essential jokes. plugs. These are <laughs> this is essential. Slip them in. Hit us with some good jokes that you remember. Well, uh, I don't have the delivery, but my all-time favorite uh, joke, and maybe this isn't everybody's, but for me, was when Steve Martin was, uh, they were talking about the people in the audience pointing out the different celebrities at the beginning of the show during the monologue. And Steve Martin points at Meryl Streep and he says, Anyone who has ever worked with Meryl Streep always ends up saying the exact same thing. Can that woman act? And what's up with all the Hitler memorabilia? <laughs> like, he was just so earnest and just so, so straight. Like, oh, so straight. And Chris Rock had a great one, too, when he was um, talking about the Oscar so white controversy. And um, he was talking about it. It's not about boycotting, but it's about wanting the same opportunities uh, that white actors get. And saying how, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, for example, gets a great uh, part every year. We want opportunity. We want the black actors to get the same opportunities and white actors, that's it. Not just once. You know, Leo gets a great part every year. All you guys get great parts all the time. But what about the black actors? Look at Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is one of the best actors in the world, man. Jamie Foxx is. Jamie Foxx was so good in Ray that they went to the hospital and unplugged the real Ray Charles. (laughs) It's like, we don't need two of these. 
and I just <laughs> I, I found that hilarious. I know it's a little bit of a it's a darker joke, but well, they're better than the David Letterman Uma oh. Oprah. Oh, well, I like that joke. Oprah. That joke made what? me laugh. You may be the only one. Yes. I like everything you guys will find. That, um, that became one of those like it's so campy. It kind it's of actually funny famous. now. Yeah, yeah, but like even Letterman trash. But that's the thing. Like if you have a bad host, oh my god, and <laughs> Seth MacFarlane too. Like I remember people really not yeah, liking not a, a lot fan. of his. He was making boob jokes in I, the opening uh, monologue. Yes. I really loved Seth MacFarlane. Actually, I did too. I was going to really? say, I actually enjoyed I got to say, my least favorite host was, um, and I, I am a fan of her stand-up and, and her show, was uh, yeah. Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, I thought um, she was very boring. I thought it was very boring, very She played generic. it very safe. And that whole selfie was not that yeah. funny. Yeah. No. Um, it wasn't, but um, I, you know what? I like it when you swing for the fences. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I guess because I grew up with Billy Crystal and he tried I really hard. Billy Crystal. Uh, he tried really hard. You could see his uh, everything he had was on stage and he put so much into it that... Um, you know, I think was, he's still my favorite. Yeah, he I is think like me too. His yeah. stuff from the yeah. '90s, when he returned, yeah. maybe not so much. But his, they were desperate at that point because they'd had so yeah. many bad hosts. Yes. And he, don't get me wrong, he was good yeah. when he returned. Yeah. But uh, for me, the heyday, yeah, Lord was uh, definitely mm-hmm. '90s for Billy. Well, I have to say, and it's for our audience because uh, I'm a little bit older than everyone else in this room. Bob Hope. Oh yeah, he yeah. used to do them. No, because yeah, he was classy yeah. and funny. He's hosted the all-time the most. Host, right? also the most. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know what? He was a class act, and uh, yeah, but it still was funny. I yeah. like. I like. Gotta give Bob Hope some love. Okay, let's move on to Laura. Laura, what's your favorite <laughs> historical moment? I'm actually going to travel back in time a bit to 1972, when Charlie Chaplin received the Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I'm choosing this as a longtime Chaplin fan is that. It was the first time he made an appearance back in Hollywood in 20 years. He'd been um, exiled for alleged uh, communist sympathies. So it was a huge return to the, I mean, the place that brought him fame and fortune. In 72. In 72. It was the 45th Academy Awards that year. And he came out and received a 12-minute standing ovation. Thank you so much. This is an emotional moment for me. And words seem so futile, so feeble. I can only say that thank you for the honor of of inviting me here. He was just so overwhelmed, so overcome. You could see his lips shaking. And when he finally went up to the microphone, his speech was all of 15 seconds. And he basically was just completely humbled. And he topped it off by putting on his famous bowler cap, grabbing his cane, and then blowing kisses to the audience like his... You're getting caught up now talking about it. Oh, yeah. Nice. (laughs) Well, my moment is... uh, And I got... uh, I teared up a little bit for this moment because I'm a director myself, but was uh, in 2012 when Catherine Bigelow... One best director, the first woman to win it, much deserved. She's the she was the fourth no- nominee, female nominee, and this year Greta Gerwig will be the fifth. It's very low. Just think about yeah. how low yeah. that is. Yeah. All years. those films were years. complete masterpieces for these women to be nominated. Started with Lena Vermeuler for Seven Beauties in the seventies. Then Jane Campion, The Piano, and Sofia Coppola, Lost in Translation, another masterpiece. Um, I think she was a little snubbed this year. Her film, The Beguiled, was an incredible movie. It's a beautiful uh, film. Nobody yeah. talks about yeah. that movie mm-hmm. this year. And um, and Catherine Bigelow made an undeniable masterpiece of that mm-hmm. year. The best movie of that year, I think, hands down. There was no no one close to making um, the comment that she made with The Hurt Locker. She got up there and she 
didn't really make that much, big of a deal of being a, a female director, uh, nor should she have. I was going to say, she's a director. Mm-hmm. Please welcome two-time Academy Award winner, Barbara Streisand. Well, the time has come. Catherine Bigelow! This really is, um, there's no other way to describe it. It's the moment of a lifetime. And I'd just like to dedicate this to the women and men um, in the military who risk their lives on a daily basis in Iraq and Afghanistan and around the world. And may they come home safe. Thank you. What made it even sweeter is the fact that she beat her ex-husband, Who James. We love right that. In front he of was her. right there to see it, too. But he seemed genuinely um, happy for her. Well, I think you also still have a friendship, You also kind of have to be either way. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to... can't pout on He's camera. He's friends with a lot of exes, exes minus Linda Hamilton, though. Yeah. How many more does he have? Oh, you know. But they're making another Terminator. <laughs> I know. She's going to be in it. So I, know. I don't know. We're talking but, about James Cam. Uh, James Cameron. I know. By the when way. we should be yeah. talking about Canadian Cam- James Cameron. Yeah. So. I know, but we should be. We're talking about a woman right now. So. I like we say he was the guy we were not mentioning. So. Yes. Yes. So for me, that was a, a seminal moment. I found it to be incredibly inspiring. And uh, I mean, what was less inspiring was a couple years later, Bigelow made another masterpiece with Zero Dark Thirty, and that was completely ignored. So. Um, but then again, this year, you know, I, I feel that Greta Gerwig deservedly uh, is there. Maybe things are changing. Maybe people are starting to consider women viable nominees uh, for this. I think it's a long time coming. And for me, that was my moment. But there's quite a few more. And uh, I was I, I was battling between, you know, I, I really loved um, when Ennio Morricone finally won for composing uh, the Hateful Eight soundtrack. And he's the oldest oh, Oscar yeah. winner yep. until maybe um, this year. So right, Mike? Maybe this year. Yeah, it's actually um, it's really interesting because obviously Christopher Plummer was the oldest Oscar winner ever when he won uh, for Beginners. Yeah, that was what 2011. Ten, eleven, yeah. 12, something like that. Anyway, he was it's 82. 2012. Sorry, I was drinking some water. I could have saved <laughs> you. Yeah, we, we talked about this. It was all listed different yeah, years. And then uh, NEO won in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, so Christopher Plummer's up again this year uh, at age 88 for uh, Best Supporting Actor for playing um, J. Paul Getty in uh, All the Money in the World. And so obviously he could set the record, but there's actually two older he's nominees. A, yeah, he's year. a long shot. He's yeah. a long shot. Yeah, these but guys for, are closer. Go. But yeah. for nine days of work, not too bad, right? Yeah, okay. um, yeah of course. The other two, uh, we have it here, Agnes Varda, nominated uh-huh. for Best Documentary Category for the film Faces Places. Mm-hmm. So the French filmmaker. She's 89. Wow. And James Ivory, nominated yes. for Best Adapted oh, yeah, Screenplay right. for Call Me By Your that. Name. So here's Love the James thing. Ivory. Agnes and James are both 89. Yeah. Either one of them will set the record if they win. But if they both win... Agnes gets the record because she was born seven days hmm. before James oh. in the same year. It's worth mentioning she's also one of the pioneers of the French New Wave. So she's been around for a very long time and film lovers um, adore this woman. And if you have a chance to see some of her films. Which you um, can because she's at a retrospective at the Bell Lightbox. Oh, yeah. Right okay. Now, yeah, this spring. Good call, Kim. Good plug, Kim. Should you find yourself in Toronto? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we all in Toronto? And James Ivory, of course, is the director of uh, Howard's End. Um, he's mainly a, a room a, with a view. A room with a view. There's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Passage to India. Uh huh. Yep. And um, uh, the remains of the day. That was yeah. this one that I love. It's so a very Merchant, Merchant Ivory. For, everyone will remember the yep. Merchant Ivory connection. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So I'm also for original screenplay, though. I'm still going. I'm hoping for Greta Gerwig. I just think it's a beautiful script. Uh, who, the favorite in that is uh, is her. I think. Is it? 
I would, I Jordan Peele's a favorite. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if she gets that because maybe it won't get Best Picture. That's what I think. I Th- think she's going to get screenplay and Jordan yeah. Peele's going to get director. Yes, yeah. Oh, I, I disagree. I That's think it's okay, going to go to Guillermo because he won the uh, he won the WGC. The, yeah, uh, the, I have a yeah, feeling it's going to be Del Toro too. DGA. Oh, DGA. <laughs> Thank you. I, I haven't done enough. I need more I tries. Know, I know. Um, but um, I love I love Guillermo Del Toro. I think uh, I think this is his. Year. I also love Paul Thomas Anderson, and I thought that no one liked that movie. Did you see what Jennifer Lawrence? Well, everyone's wrote? wrong. Then did you see what Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> said in public? I actually listened to that podcast, yes. and she is wrong. She needs to give it a chance because it is surprising, also, beautiful she was in masterpiece. Mother, and no one liked that, so she doesn't. I liked to Mother. Talk. <laughs> I liked Mother a lot. I like everything, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, Why don't are we even talking me. to you then? Exactly. <laughs> you no I do have good taste. There you and go. And lots of stuff is good. And All I right. need and I need to defend it. Mike, let's move on to my favorite part of the yeah, show. This is what I've been looking forward to. Trivia time. Is there a prize? Trivia time. Is there a buzzer? Trivia time. Uh, do we have a buzzer? Uh, is there keep lunch? talking about what you guys yeah, are going to grab, and I'll just keep singing. <laughs> Trivia time. I think it sounds like Gina's just going to be the um, buzzer. Can you just go eh and ding? She's no, in this. you have to do it because you're I'm the in buzzer. It. Oh, you're, oh, you're shoot, a human buzzer. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, Mike. That's multitasking, Mike. Uh-oh. Introduce your contestants, please. Right. So we've got three of the biggest film buffs in the Zoomer office right now. Kimitso, Laura Grande, and Gina Bucci. I'm Gina. So everybody can understand the differences between our voices. I'm Gina. I'm Laura. I'm Kim. And uh, in our very... We both did the same seductive I know. <laughs> no one can tell. Everyone's like, Laura you know what? The they same. all sounded the same. same. Yeah. The three Italian girls. Okay. Don't worry about so it. So basically, uh, first one who shouts out the answer wins. Okay. All right. For each question, we got ten questions. I'm so excited. Should we say our names? <laughs> like we go, like Gina. No, because then I'm gonna get confused and yell yeah. out for all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be like Laura. Mike can say who who wins. Yeah. Okay, I'll keep tally here. All right, so we got ten questions. Okay, Mike. Yes. Just so we know, mm-hmm. when we get a question correct, it's ding ding ding. Right. Three. When dings. it's wrong, it's <laughs> just go <laughs> okay. like that. All right. Okay. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right, 10 questions about the history of the Oscars. Um, Question number one. In 1940, the Academy awarded the Best Picture Oscar to a color film for the first time. What was the name of that film? Gone with the Wind. All right, we got a three-way tie. (laughs) Number two. Only one Oscar winner in history boasts parents who both earned Oscars themselves. Liza Minnelli. Wait, who's both both parents? Say that again. Only one Oscar winner in history has parents who both earned Oscars oh, themselves. She got it. She got yeah. it. Yeah. Say okay. ding, ding, ding. Liza. ding. Oh, sorry, ding, ding, ding. 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 Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, her dad, Vincent. Is it Vincent or Vincente? Vincente. Vincente. Yeah. So we have a room full of Italians here, and I'm yeah. pronouncing it wrong. Best director uh, for Gigi in 1959, and Judy Garland got an honorary Oscar in 1939. All right, so we got Laura. Laura's in the lead. It might be my only <laughs> my only moment of glory. All right. Number three. Only one Canadian movie has won the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film. Which one was it? Decline Sandy? of the American Empire? No and no. Barbarian oh. Invasion? Yes, yeah! Gina! Damn oh. Nice one, Gina. Well, she likes everything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Including the films of Denny Erkant. Okay, go on. All right. Number four. So, in addition to her stellar acting career, including being named by the American Film Institute as the greatest female star of classic Hollywood cinema, 
This actress holds the record for most Oscars awarded for acting to a single person. Catherine Hepburn. Right? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. ding, ding. ding. I was to say that Why too, am I dinging myself? You, know, yeah. you should be, you should, that should be ineligible because yeah. Mike didn't ding you. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. can blame Mike. That's a technical. Uh, Bonus, do you know how many she has? Nominations? No, wins. Three. Four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I get fully guessed that one. Yeah. Full disclosure. <laughs> all right. four wins? Four wins. All best actress. Okay. Including the tie with uh, both Babs, Yes. Right? Yes. Babs, yeah, yeah. Okay. You better hope that's not a trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number five. The record for most Oscars won by a single film is 11. And three movies share that honor. Which three hold that record? Titanic, Stop. Ben-Hur, and Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. All right. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Titanic, Ben-Hur, Lord of the Rings, yeah. You know, and I specified the Lord of the, the Rings, Kings too. Not that great, right? No, right? it should have gone to the like first one, but yeah. yes. I like the second one the best, but the first one. Oh, I love the second one, too. Yeah. No it's one says that. You know, because it rolls. It's, it's so in the act, middle of the story. It just starts. Let's keep rolling. Yeah, sorry. It's the Lord of the Rings show now. All right, number six, which is going to be an easy one. This okay. legendary comedian is dubbed the king of the Oscars by some because he hosted the ceremony record 19 times. Bob Hope. I think Gina. Yeah. Got that first. Ding, 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 ding. You know, I had said it earlier. Yeah. yeah. I gave it away. I was thinking that. I'm like, I wonder if that's going to be yeah, a question. Trivia, yeah. <laughs> All right. Number seven. Including her 2018 Best Actress nomination, this Hollywood legend is the most nominated Meryl performer. Street. All right. Yeah. In Oscar history. Do you yeah. know how many? 13. It would be 18 now? 17. 21. Oh, oh 21. my God. Right. I remember when she was behind Jack Nicholson for most nominations. Yeah, bonus. Walt Disney has the most uh, nominations for a single person with 59. Wow. Wow. Greedy. That's just for like, nice being for a him. producer for uh, all his best pictures? or. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a mix of all of them. There's an honorary one in there. All right. Number eight. This is going to be another easy and one. And that's even before the animated film became a category. So that's yeah. actually quite yeah. the achievement. Okay, go on. Name the 88-year-old who, with their nomination in acting category this year, broke the record for oldest Oscar nominee. Agnes Varda? Christopher Plummer? Christopher Plummer, yeah. Oh, oh, you're broke the record for oldest Oscar nominee in an acting category ever, Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Like, it makes sense, though. You said it earlier. Mike yeah. just yeah. said it. <laughs> you're, you're listening. <laughs> if I didn't cut him off. 100% yeah. listening. All right, number nine. The official Oscar nomination criteria states that a film cannot be eligible for an Academy Award unless it screens in local theaters in this American city. Los Angeles. New York? No, Los Angeles. No, Los Angeles. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. It's not good with the ding, ding. That's no. a dumb rule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. High school well, it's Hollywood. Fun fact, a Charlie Chaplin film, Limelight, won 20 years after it was first released because it was finally screened in L.A., Mm. I wouldn't let that happen again. Yeah, no, yeah. never would happen again. But all right, last one. How many combined Oscars have been won by legendary directors Robert Altman, Alfred Hitchcock, Akira Kurosawa, Sergio Leone, and Sidney Lumet? Zero. One. Zero. It is zero. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. That was like a trick trivia oh. question. No, it's not because it's very famous that Hitchcock has never won. Well, that's why he, he, he has. He like, has a lifetime yeah. achievement award though. That doesn't count. It, no. Oh, they don't. So that they don't count. That. No, because I'm a best director, right? Mm. So Mike, that went to me, right? Ding, ding, ding. To Gene. You, yeah, it went to you, and you and Laura tied. Whoa! Oh. Is there a tiebreaker? High five. 
Yeah, what's a tiebreaker? Oh, you have okay, to have... I do have a tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there you go. How did you, you haven't had the prize yet. Well, I didn't think we'd have a tie. The prize is um, one Timmy's coffee on me. All right. Oh, wow. So you're going to buy yourself a coffee? And if I win it, well, then Mike's going to buy it. Then Mike's going to buy it for me. All right, tiebreaker question. One person in film history, one actor in film history, had every film they appeared in nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture. What? The guy from The Godfather, whose name I'm blanking on right now. He was in Gina? The, the Deer uh, Hunter, uh, The Godfather. Uh, uh, quiet. Uh, uh, Cazal. Um, John. John Cazal. There it is. Gino wins it. Yeah. <laughs> I, technically won <laughs> I technically won that, but I, I think I was going to keep quiet. Right, you know. that, was, that was teamwork. Yeah. John Cazal. Meryl Streep's one true yes. love. Yes, yes. yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, next to uh, the Gummer guy, but... Well, she's married. She's I know, I'm the Gummer guy. Next to her, husband. Next to her yeah. husband, the guy she's with now. Well, because she wouldn't have been with him if the guy had died. This is true. Come on, it's a tragic story. That is true. <laughs> All right, we're done. Congratulations. All right, Pete. out of the Kim, We're not quite done yet. Please have a seat. <laughs> she's unhooked her microphone and everything. Uh, uh, any, um... It's hard to tame Kim. She's wild. Obviously, we're not going through uh, the categories or anything, but just before we go, any last-minute predictions for the Oscars or anything in particular? It'll be four hours long. Oh, God. And three billboards will win a whole ton of awards. I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) That's one of the ones I haven't seen yet. Well, Frances McDormand deserves the Oscar for that. She deserves that for Frances McDormand. That goes without saying. Don't make me, don't pit me against Frances McDormand, but I'm not into that movie. No, me neither. But I do think she will win and she deserves to win. Okay. So guys, thank you so much for coming by. So nice to have fresh blood, you know. It it really invigorates Mike, I think. I see him come come to life. (laughs) The one and only time. (laughs) (laughs) So of course you can find our podcast, Ages and Icons, on SoundCloud under Everything Zoomer. And be sure if you go to YouTube to follow us there at Everything Zoomer. And Mike, uh, where can we find your lovely articles and Oscar-related stuff? Well, you can find them all in Zoomer Magazine and EverythingZoomer.com. All right. Any plugs for you guys? Same follow, place, guys. Follow Everything <laughs> Zoomer on Facebook, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And buy the magazine on newsstands this Thursday. There you go. Can we say who's on the cover? On newsstands is our exciting April issue with Oprah Winfrey on the cover. Ooh. The Oprah Winfrey, Ooh. who was like the star of the Golden Globes. Yes, she was. Coming out of the Golden yes, Globes. So she expect to see more of her at mm-hmm. Oscar night, I'm sure, as well. Absolutely. Well, there we go. It's been a great week. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Gina, as always. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Ages and Icons. Bye. Ding, ding, ding. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.